Welcome to the Piggy Bank Chronicles, a podcast about saving, investing, and living your best life. Hello everyone, it is July 30th and welcome to episode 30 of the Piggy Bank Chronicles entitled Save. That's right, we're continuing our vision series and the S is for save. I know you guys are smart, you probably jumped ahead and figured that out already, but uh, I'm joined as as always for this series by my lovely and talented co-host, Roxy. How's it going, Roxy? Fine. How are you doing, JJ? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Excited to talk about this. This is this is a big deal. I, you may not know this, but the Piggy Bank Chronicles, the whole vibe, the whole theme is, is derived from saving, right? Piggy Bank is the iconic symbol of saving from days of yore. And so this is this is a topic that's a little near and dear to my heart. So... This is this is a, an important part of the vision concept. It's it's the it's the beginning of the catalyst of your saving engine. So yeah, I'm pretty excited. How about you? <laughs> oh me? Yeah, I am fine. <laughs> <laughs> you're not excited. You're just fine, right? <laughs> no, you know me. I am a saver. I love saving. I I make a game out of it. I actually uh, I feel like that's how I can contribute to our whole financial picture is by saving what we saving instead of spending. So you're, you're just saying that now because you're retired and I'm not. So we're in this kind of weird part in our life where we, for years we both worked at the same time, but this, we're in kind of this odd sargasso. That's why you're saying you feel like you're contributing through saving, right? Uh, yes. And yeah, that's okay. the only, that's the only Avenue I have at this point. Okay. I, <laughs> As, there's a lot to unpack there. We may come back to that later, but I doubt it. <laughs> so the, the key here is we're talking about saving for the future, but this, this topic is really a bundle of two things. It is it's certainly saving, which is the second part, but the first part is kind of the catalyst for saving. It's, it's, we were kind of having a little bit of fun talking about he who must not be named via the Harry Potter series of books. But in that instance, it was Voldemort. In our instance, it's consumer credit debt or just debt in general, but specifically consumer credit debt. Because once you've got your, once you've got a vision for where you want to go with your financial future, once you've built an emergency fund to make sure that life's little bumps don't disrail you, derail you, as you start on a savings journey, the first thing you have to do is not be paying interest to other people in a needless way. And consumer credit debt is absolutely the thing that's going to do that to you. So if you're carrying a balance on your credit card from month to month, that's a bad thing. I, I think you agree with me 100% on that, right, Roxy? Oh, absolutely. And you can't really start to save um, in a financially... Um, respectable way until you have paid off that credit card debt because that interest rate on those credit cards is so high compared to what you can get on the money you have saved. Absolutely. That's that's spot on. Yeah, I think I think people forget that like, oh, I'm going to start saving money, but I've got this consumer credit debt. It's like, well, a credit card balance is costing you probably what? On average, twice as much as what you can make investing in equity. So it's like, it's I think just, it's more three or four times. It's it's just terrible, right? It's like being on a treadmill and going nowhere. So, uh, absolutely, you, you, I think Roxy and I agree that as you begin your savings journey, you have to do it by eliminating any credit card debt that you have. We're not we're not singling out 
car loans. We're not singling out home loans. Those can make more sense for people in certain circumstances. But there's no circumstance, no matter who you are, where credit card debt is a good answer for borrowing money. So Roxy and I were looking around. We found a chart on creditkarma.com. It was published June of this year, June 22nd. But it's numbers of debt that people were carrying on average by their, their generation, their, whether they were Gen Z or baby boomers or Gen Xers or, you know, name, name your, your generation. And it was interesting uh, because although the averages look lower than they have on other uh, results that I've seen as of May twenty second, May of twenty twenty two, the 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 group that was leading the charge was the Gen Xers with nearly eight thousand dollars in average credit card debt. So that's a that's a meaningful amount. Whereas the Gen Z were down at like twenty five, almost twenty six hundred dollars average of credit card debt. So much lower than the Gen Xers. But what's a little scary about this chart is as you go. Younger in the generations, the percentage of growth in credit card debt is higher. So what it's suggesting is that each generation as it ages into, you know, its 30s and its 40s and its 50s is just accumulating more and more credit card debt on average, which is a terrible trend that, that we definitely want you guys to not participate in. Any thoughts on that, Roxy, or you think, think that's a good well, summary? Yeah, because part of it I was looking at was thinking, okay, well, maybe that's because, all right, you have kids, so things get more expensive. And, but also, you're making more money as you go up the uh, up in age. So you would hope that people would, would combat and try to uh, offset that. So, yeah, remove the growth. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know of anything... Uh, short of like uh, an emergency or crisis that would put you in a position where you'd feel compelled to have a carry forward on credit debt because it's just financially a, a terrible move to make. Yeah. yeah, but the big thing is plan ahead for those things coming in your future, you know, and save <laughs> so you'll have money for like college funds. Absolutely. So you have money for, you know, before you buy that house, you know, get you a good down payment before you buy a car, make sure you have a good down, you know, things like that that are going to happen. Absolutely. So we, we jump, we kind of, kind of move forward a little bit in this, this concept because um, we, we understand that if you are working with credit card debt, consumer credit debt, that paying that off can be kind of a daunting task. And I think Roxy had some ideas that she wanted to throw out from examples <laughs> we've heard from other people about how to do that. You want to, you want to share that with folks? Well, I, I know you had mentioned to me, JJ, about Snowball, which I had not heard of before. But you're saying like if you have multiple credit cards, you know, and you have one that you owe $200 here and one that you own $300 there. And then you have that MasterCard. It's like $5,000. Uh, it's like start with the small ones, pay them off first, start to get that feeling of, okay, I'm getting this all organized and in hand, and then work your way through to the bigger ones. There's also if you either by balance, which is a snowball, or they just go by the one that's charging you the highest interest rate, which that to me makes the most financial sense because then you're paying less in fees that are, are just wasted. You're wasting your money. But yeah, in general, 
pick one and start working on them. Now, we have this lady that I was telling JJ about, and I reminded him. Um, she actually took her credit cards and froze them in a block of ice because somebody had told her, you know, do that, then you can't get to your credit card. And I kept thinking, girl, you're going to go in there and you're going to thaw that thing out after about a week. <laughs> but, but she blew my mind. She came in there and she goes... Uh, I, f I forget how many months it was, but she was so proud of herself. She paid off that credit card. Then she thawed it out and put it back in her uh, in her wallet. But I don't know what went on after that because she ended up going to another job. But I w that was impressive. Absolutely. Um, also, yeah. Also, <laughs> if you decide, you know, if I'm going into too much credit card debt, I can only spend the money I have. So go cash. I mean, that seems painful to me. And a lot of places are going to look at you funny if you start bringing out cash nowadays. But well, if that's what it takes, so it really is whatever works for you to start pulling down that debt, you, uh, you do it. Yeah, a couple of things on that. First of all, that debt snowball, can't take credit for it. That's a Dave Ramsey thing. He's a big fan of that for the psychological advantage of paying off the smaller balances and building momentum. Uh, and as far as going cash only, Consider a, a debit card, right? Because a debit card in a lot of places can be accepted just like a credit card can be. And so you can pay for things without having to carry a lot of cash around. So that's not a bad alternative. So even though you may go cash only, you could still use a plastic card, but in this case, a debit card, right? Just remember, if you're using a debit card, it's coming straight out of your account. And if the money's not there, you're going to get overdrawn. Yeah, that's, so, that's so true. <laughs> don't, don't get that confused. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, you have to be, if you're going to go to a, a, a debt-free scenario, you're going to have to be more diligent about making sure that your month-to-month -month spending is not exceeding the cash balance that you have, including things that you're already paying for, like utilities and taxes and you name it, uh, insurance, all that. Well, very cool. Yeah, I, I think uh, those are all really good ideas. I think eliminating debt is key. Um, and then once we once we do that, and, and you've got to do that, I, I want to say this again because I don't want to get away from it. If you want to save for a brighter financial future, if you want to save for financial independence, you're not going to make it if there's a boat anchor on you of credit card debt that's just charging you month after month. If you're paying that credit card off, if, if you have a credit card and you pay it off every month and you're using it for points or something, well, good on you. You're managing it well. But if you find yourself unable to pay it off and you're carrying that interest rate on a monthly basis, you're never going to win that game. You've got to get out from under debt before you can think about saving for the future. And also, you, you remember how last week we were talking about emergency funds. Now, if something major happens, like your car drops the engine in the middle of the highway and you have to get um, get it worked on. Remember, you have the emergency fund for that. Do not put that on a credit card. Yeah, well, and, and you know, sometimes emergencies are bigger for sure, Roxy. But I mean, that's that's the whole key of that, that, that starter emergency fund is to try to prevent that from happening. Never say never, right? But I mean, it's, it's yeah, I'm with you. You, you, you want to avoid any circumstance that brings you back to putting a balance on your card that you're not going to be able to pay off. So, And you'll start to see the benefit of having that emergency fund because now you're not paying interest on that huge expense. Instead, somebody else is paying you interest on your emergency That's fund. That's right. How cool That's is that? <laughs> it's, always it's, to be to the, work. it's always good to be the payee and not the payor, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, 
I think what the so the nut transitions cleanly into the idea of saving. So we're here telling you as part of the vision process, you've got to save towards your vision for your life because money is energy. It's stored up energy and you're going to need energy to pursue whatever your dreams are. And so saving is key. So if we, we eliminated credit card debt, we're now want to talk about saving. So how much should you save? Well, Roxy, you, you kind of had some thoughts laid out on this. You want to kind of run through what we thought we talked about? I can start us off. Okay. Um, now what you want to save, I mean, there it's a it runs the gambit if you look at you've heard of fire i'm sure everybody's heard of financial investing retire early um if your goal is to do that if you're like you know i'm not quite 30 or getting close to 30 and i would really love to do what i want to do live how i want to live you know so early on you get that first job and you start saving somewhere between 50 or 70 percent so these people are serious so they are going to be saving a significant amount of their income and then when they are they feel that they have enough saved to start their life as with financially free people um they, they would live on three to four percent of their savings for the rest of their lives so you have to think about how much do i need to live and then when you have enough saved that you could pull three or four percent off every year from now on you are free now that is scary to me and pop I would assume it's scary to most of you guys, but if you're a fire person, you probably know more about all this than JJ and I do. Yeah, the, <laughs> those, those financial independence retire early folks are aggressive savers. I mean, aggressive. And yeah, it, that is a terrifying number of savings. It's like, wow. But it is truly <laughs> awesome to be able to do that, you know, when you're at a young age and then live how you want to. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. I mean, I, I think those folks are, are living their best life. They're living an intentional life, which is important. I think that's the key, right? Fire isn't about being a billionaire or traveling the world. It's about you spending your time the way you want to spend your time. That's what it's really about, I think. Right. But but even if you're not going to go fire, there is at least some minimum you should be looking for, right, Roxy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I have always heard in the past, and so has JJ, it's like 10%. If you can save 10% of your income on a regular basis, you're doing well. So keep that in mind, but then also think about how much can you save. If you can do better than that, that's awesome. That also means that sometime if 10% 10, 10 scares you, you, you may be able to adjust for that. But the big thing is set a percentage. Don't see that money come into your bank account. And I'll promise, I don't think you'll ever miss it because we've kind of done something like that over the long term. Get a percentage pulled out. You never see it. It's in there and it grows over time because I know we're going to have shows where he's going to talk about that more. But as that money grows from when you're young versus if you start trying to save it all when you're about to retire, world of difference. Absolutely. Yeah. When we go, we're going to go through the next step in vision. We're going to talk more about how we put that money to work. But one of the keys is early on, the amount of money you're saving is doing more work for you than the money that you've invested. Later on, the money that's out there working for you will be able to do way more than you can do yourself by going to work. And that's a great place to be, but that doesn't happen overnight. That takes constant, patient persistence to get to that point for sure. So um, what about like when you get a raise, Roxy? <laughs> 
Oh, now this is your section, JJ. I think <laughs> okay. you go with it. Well, the, actually, this came from Don, right? So Don said oh, yeah. he had a rule of thumb that every time he got a raise, he would bump his savings rate by not just not just let the percentage get bigger as a result of that raise, but actually increase the amount of savings. He let his some of the raise flow through to his spending, but some of it he basically increased the amount of his savings so that he was accelerating. So it was a great way to still benefit a little bit from the raise, but also not only from a lifestyle perspective, but also from a, a savings perspective. And so I thought that was a great idea when he shared it with me, so I stole it liberal, liberally from Don on that. <laughs> but and we're gonna we're gonna talk about putting it to work later on in the vision. Right now, this is just about starting the act of saving money, right? And but that is a good way to increase your percentage because it's always easier to um, take it off before you start seeing it. But if when so, in other words, if you're adding three percent to your income and shaving off 1% to go into savings, you've still gone up 3%. You're like, I have more money. But if you have the money and then you start having to cut back on what you have, that is so much more painful. Agree. Yeah, it's always harder to go up, uh, go go down in lifestyle than it is to go up in lifestyle. Yeah, right? definitely. <laughs> so, and, and we talked about it, but, you know, everything you can do to automate this process, like if you set up, like if you, if you have an IRA or a brokerage account and you've got your checking account set to auto-draft a certain amount on a monthly basis, anything you can do to automate savings is going to make it that much better. If you've got a 401k plan with your employer or are in certain circumstances where it's appropriate. Often it's it can be dicey, but occasionally you'll see 403Bs that aren't bad, but a lot of them can be bad. Um, automating the savings process is a really powerful step that you can have, um, particularly in a 401k, where you just sort of set the amount. Not only you're setting the amount you're saving, but you set the investment options you're saving it into, and it just happens automatically. That's one. That's a it's a great way to handle savings. Um, I love Roxy. Roxy and I were talking about this. We got ready for the episode, and she had a quote. Um, I'll let you say the quote, Roxy, because I don't want to steal your thunder. I thought it was really good. <laughs> no, I was just telling the easiest way to save money is not to spend it. I that was perfect, though, right? I mean, it 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 really just hits the nail on the head, right? These these are like scales. They're, you're never. They're never out of balance in the sense of there's a limited amount of money that you have on both sides of that scale. And, and you get to move it to either side of the scale. So you're either spending it or you're saving it. If you're spending it, then it's just trapping you in the cycle of going back to work and doing the things you do. But if you're saving it, now the money's working for you and you're not working for it. And that's really powerful stuff, right? That's something... I think we're going to come back to again and again with where we want our money working for us, not us working for our money. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've got to say, I'm going to call myself out. I'm sure I don't know why JJ hasn't come across it yet. But if you think about my the that term, it really just goes back to penny saved, penny earned. <laughs> hey, man, I, you know, really? a, a topic on the podcast from 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 uh, episodes gone by. Definitely. Uh, I think we even had a podcast name. Penny saved is worth 25 cents earned or something like that. So feel free to go <laughs> but, back and listen to that episode. <laughs> but that's, it's the same thing. Easiest way to save money is not to spend it. Penny saved, penny earned. Okay. 
So, uh, what should folks know about uh, spending? This, this is uh, you. So, you, I, I will say with the divide in our household, I'm, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the investor guy, and you're the like the sort of the budgeting saving person. And so, you want to kind of run through these next few topics that we talk about because I think this is very much your wheelhouse kind of thing in terms of how we, how we look for opportunities to save money wherever we can. Well, I mean, a lot of it comes into play because I do a lot of balancing of our checking account and also looking at our credit card bills. And, you know, I know what comes in. I know what goes out. And I'm not going to lie, but it really has always blown my mind how much we spend. And I'm sitting there thinking, where is it going? How are we spending that much money when I don't feel like I'm a well, you know, the term bawling and shot calling and throwing money out like <laughs> it's going crazy. Um, so the first thing I think everyone needs to do is analyze their spend and where their money's going. And that can be quite daunting if you're th every time you throw out the credit card, every time you pay for something, you know, all the monthly spend can get overwhelming. But a lot of credit card providers now have spend analyzers where you can actually go out there and you can say, okay, how much money have I spent this month in what you would consider restaurants? And you'll know how much you're paying to eat out. Groceries, you know, they'll have supermarkets, they'll have gasoline, they're, you know, they'll break it into the broad categories and you can kind of see what's going on. I, I don't think board games and video games are a category, right? The credit card companies that, don't get to that level of detail. Is that right? Amazon is my hardest thing to break out. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I have to go into there individually and go, Amazon, what did we spend on this month? Go through the order list. Hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. That kind of thing. Amazon has made it too easy to buy things that were just not available everywhere else before. <laughs> so. but, uh, but I find the spend analyzer helps a ton. I mean, just looking at what they have available online is an easy way to do it. And if you really want to dig into the data, you can actually export it to Excel and go go ham on it. But uh, that does take some time. So when I think when some people hear that, they, they think, oh my gosh, I gotta download my credit card statement and I gotta do it in a spreadsheet. That's not everybody's jam, Roxy. I, I, I'll be the first to say it's not my jam, right? <laughs> at Piggy Bank Chronicles, so I had to go ham somewhere. I know, I but, appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's why I'm saying if you just log on to your credit card account, they'll do a spend analyzer and they will allow you to do quite a bit, probably enough to get a good idea of where your general spend is happening the most. Um, also, it's always good to scan through everything each month. You know, even if you don't go, oh, well, it's about what I normally spend on a month. Scan it, especially the high dollar items, even the small items, because it's all those little draws you have stuck in your account that are just siphoning money out you know all this i have this service and that service and the other service you know you have to know what services you're paying for and if you're really look you see a line on there that you're like i haven't looked at that in six months cut it off there there's also you know i had like a water delivery service that i'm like when did it go up that high and it freaked me out so i had to change that over so it's a lot of those kind of little things just just to think about your spend yeah. in a rational way. And call, I strongly suggest you call your car insurance at least once a year, car insurance, homeowners, et cetera, because you'll say, hey, is there something I should be doing to reduce my 
my spend on insurance because I got a $200 every six months savings on my car insurance because they said, oh, well, your, your status has changed. We didn't realize that. We haven't updated you. They changed it, and I saved $200 every six months just with a phone call. And, of course, call your phone company because they do the same type of thing. Oh, so between, I think, power company, you also negotiated our power rates uh, with different providers to find the best rate here yeah, in I'm, Texas. Now that, yeah, you can't do that in every state, but in Texas, you can actually choose your electricity rate. So you watch that for a good time, and when and you set that up so that they'll charge you that every month. And they do want to get it set up to a continuous service of somewhere between six months and three years. You can set it up for so. And I, I know you're you're a spreadsheet maven over there, but not everybody may fall into that category. There are services out there. Intuit has a product called Mint that you can sign up for for free that will connect to your checking account, connect to your credit cards pull that data together and let you see what your spending looks like. It It's not perfect. I'm not going to say it's the best thing I ever used, but it's there There are other products called YNAB, You Need a Budget, which is a paid service but does similar things. So if you don't want to do the, the manual legwork that Roxy's doing with a spreadsheet, there are other ways to find out what your spend is. But she's spot on, right? you got to know what you're spending to figure out how to save because often to increase your savings – Step one is reduce your spending. And Roxy touched on something that we're really big on is these sort of constant IV drip charges that you get from like streaming services and subscriptions and things that if you don't pay attention to them, it could be a gym membership or anything that if you just aren't getting the advantage out of it, you really need to know what those are and get rid of them if they're not bringing value to your life. So, uh... We talk a little. We talked about like that process. Is is there? Um, how can we uh, kind of to kind of bring this down to a close, Roxy? I think you had some general ideas of how to spend less that aren't maybe as painful as we're making it sound. I guess. Well, I can, I can tell you right now. You, you'll you'll see that some of mine are weird little mind games that I play. But I'll tell you some of the mind games I play, and everybody's going to have their own mind games that work for them. But one thing I can tell you is like our, our credit card, that, our main credit card that we use monthly, I have it where we direct pay out of our checking account the full amount every month. So that puts fear in me that if I buy something big, I may not have the money there to cover it. So I better not do that without, <laughs> you know, really thinking about it. So I, I suggest that for anybody to really it gets you to a cash equivalent basis once you've paid off all your credit card debt and you want to stay there. It's a good way to do that. But in general, before you go out and you're a lot of times you'll go just walk when you're walking around, you'll have this impulse to buy something specific because you'll look at it and you'll say, Oh, that's cute. Or it's interesting. Or even, Oh, well that's really cheap, but it can be a waste of money. If you don't immediately know what are you going to use it for? Or do you already need it? And if you don't know what you're using it, going to use it for, you probably won't use it. And if you don't need it, you probably never will. <laughs> so yeah. always think, yeah, always think, I've got that. Do I need it? Where can I use it? If you can't come up with it, put it back. The other thing that's still in the back of my head that y y you planted the seed that won't go away is where are you going to put it? 
<laughs> yeah. Depending on how big it is, where's it going to go in my house? Where, where, what's, what's it going to displace? What's going? What's it going to? How's it going to look when I bought a hundred tchotchkes and they're covering every surface in my office and I can't even find a a flat space to put my mouse down from my computer because it's full of junk. So yeah, I I, uh, I recently did a purge of my desk and I feel a lot better sitting at my desk because I got rid of all the crud that was piled on it. So it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm big into keeping things down so that you feel comfortable in your house. Um, there's another thing is, especially if you're going someplace where you just kind of walk in and you start throwing stuff in a buggy. Let's say it's a Costco. Let's say it's a Ross. It's one of those kind of uh, shopping outlets. And hypothetically you speaking, of course. Hypothetically, I never go to those. <laughs> of course Never not. go to Costco. Target, never happens. Are we going to Costco um, after this? Oh, wait, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, you end up with a buggy full of stuff. You get ready to go to the checkout. Always do an edit check. You look at that buggy and go, oh, I walked by that. I was really hungry at the time. But I've had a few snacks around the store. It doesn't look so good anymore. <laughs> Put it back. Put it back. There's so many things that you're like, you, you don't actually have to have need. Or sometimes by the time you get to the checkout, you don't even want it anymore. Yeah, so, you can you, talk yourself out of things if you try hard enough, for sure. You sure can. Or you found stuff later on and you're like, oh, I really want that. So that thing I picked up first thing in the store, don't really want it that much. So you kind of balance it. So always do an edit before you check out. That's a good, good idea. I like that. Now, kind of the same thing from an Amazon perspective. If you, I have to edit my cart? You Wait a do. minute. This is getting personal you now. <laughs> okay. Look, if you, if you have something you think, oh, you know, that's kind of cool. Or, oh, I think I need this. But you don't need it right away. It doesn't have to come in tomorrow because, you know, it's not an urgent need. You put things in the cart. Leave them there for at least two days before you place the order. Because mm. I have so much stuff that jumps in and out of that cart or that I just clear out of the cart completely. If I just give it time for my sanity to come back and then I don't spend the money. So always, always try to take a second look at something before you buy it. But you can see how if you share an Amazon cart with, say, your spouse, this could be inconvenient. Because you go to order one item and there's these queued up items waiting to be decided on days from now that are blocking the cart. Not like that I that ever you, happens. <laughs> like I tell you, save for later. Yeah, That's well, I'm, I'm, save for later I've become button. a master of the save for later button in the Amazon cart because there's always something lurking in there, it seems like. <laughs> oh, uh, and then one thing I found recently, especially as, as I've been trying to, uh, you know, achieve some goals about moving things around and changing a few things up in the house... If you're looking for something specific um, for a specific purpose and you're like, mm, I see that it's not exactly what I want, but I might could make it do. And then, you know, what's going to happen. You're going to find the right thing later and then you will have bought two items for the same purpose. Wait, take your time. Enjoy the shopping experience. Keep looking until you find the right thing I, instead of having multiple purposes multiple purchases for one th one I cannot use. believe that you just used the phrase enjoy the shopping experience you who are not a uh, generally an excited <laughs> shopper <laughs> okay, some people love shopping i they know do. i know i, I and i you. believe that so it's it's not called retail therapy for nothing <laughs> okay but that's just the highlights of some things that i've uh 
noticed or thought about. Also, never fall into the trap, I want to reiterate, of somebody going through, oh, but it was so cheap, but then you have no use for it, and then that's still a waste of money. 50% of the cost of something you didn't need or 100% of the cost of something you didn't need, it's all wasted money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, it's, um, it's, it, it, it's, this has been a great discussion because we talked, we talked about getting rid of consumer credit debt. We talked about saving for your financial freedom. And those two things are together. It's the S in the vision concept, saving, but also removing consumer credit debt. And as a, as a bacon bed item, I think, I think you're going to like this one. You may not, but we'll see. Um, I thought I'd throw out there real quick. And I'll go first. Um, think of an item recently that you were gonna buy, but you talked yourself out of buying by pausing and waiting a minute about it. Have, have you got any examples you can think of where you could do a bacon bit like that, Roxy? Let's. I, I do that constantly. Well, that's fine. I, do, I mean, it doesn't have to be a big item. It can be a small item, right? It could just be something. I recently we. I think you and I were talking yesterday, and I was talking about a board game that I had in my cart ironic not in my car just in my wish list and i was looking at it and going man i really want to buy this board game you know and i was thinking about hitting the buy button literally right before we recorded like earlier today i was looking at the game going i'm gonna buy this game i said well i don't really know a lot about it so i went out on youtube and i watched a video of some folks playing the game and i'm like oh yeah, it's a cool game but yeah I have other games that kind of do the same thing. I don't feel like I need another game like that. I'm not going to buy it. And so I just sort of, by doing a little bit of waiting and a little bit of research, I sort of talked myself out of something that I had been looking at for quite a while. So um, I don't know. I, have you? Can you think of an? If you don't have an example, that's fine. I just I threw this one out at the end because we forgot to talk about setting up a bacon <laughs> bit. So I was like, oh, this, this should be an easy one based on the topic we're talking about today. Well, there. The only thing lately is I've been doing a number, a lot of online clothes shopping and looking at it, going, "Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna look good in that." So okay, so you're just you need a digital avatar with your exact dimensions so that you can like map the clothes. Isn't there a service online? Like, aren't there some sites that let you do yes, that kind of there thing? Are, but it's it's a whole thing. It's you have to get scanned from head to toe or something for that to work. Or, <laughs> but yes, no. Um, one specific thing I cannot think of it, but I, I, I know it happens probably to me two or three times a day, every day, because I went to Costco yesterday. So. Okay. <laughs> oh wait, two days in a row Costco. We don't. Well, that's have, why. Not that you have a problem. <laughs> no, it's the plate. Remember, I said, "What do you think of these plates?" And you're like, "I don't." So I'm going to show. I'm dragging you over there to look at them. And if it works out, we will get those. But yeah, I, I'm really belaboring the point. I'm not just going to go grab them. <laughs> so yeah, up until recently, the flatware we were using was stuff that we got when we got married. And I'm not going to tell the folks how long ago that was, but let's just say it was more than a minute ago. That, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's uh, it's probably long overdue time to update our, uh, our our flatware. Isn't that what it's called, flatware? No, flatware is your utensils. Oh, so what do you call what do you call plates? It's just our, our dish dinnerware. Our dinnerware. See, I was I knew there was a wear in there somewhere. I was just There's on a the wear wrong in there. It's somewhere. <laughs> okay. On that joke, <laughs> I think we're gonna call it an episode. Great. Um, All right, guys. 
gals, thanks for coming along with us for the vision concept. We're going to be doing more of this. We got three more episodes to go. We've been through the V, the I, and the S. We've got the I O N, and I want you guys to come back because it's not always going to be what you think. It's going to be meaningful, and we're going to set the roadmap for how we want the podcast to help you guys achieve financial freedom. Uh, Roxy, before we take off, you got any closing thoughts for the folks? No, actually, nothing that we've gone over, but I hope that helps some because. Anytime you feel like you're not throwing money away, you know, you feel better. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I think maybe that's wired into both our psyches that we're more savers than we are spenders in a lot of cases. And if you're the opposite, I imagine that's hard. But you don't have to stop spending, but you do need to stop spending enough that you can be saving so that you can set yourself up for a better financial future. Just spend intentionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, Roxy, thanks for joining me again. Folks, thanks for listening. We look forward to talking to you guys in a week. And until then, y'all have a great day. Goodbye. This podcast is not financial advice. We are not financial advisors. And content is for entertainment and educational purposes only. You should do your own research or consult a professional investment advisor before making any investment decisions. And, as always, thanks for listening to the Piggy Bank Chronicles.